Worldwide, developing countries lose over a trillion dollars every year in capital flight and tax evasion. Most of this wealth flows into large Western nations like the United States and Britain and enables their currencies to stay strong, whilst developing nations' currencies remain weak. But illicit flows into Western nations also had another unexpected side effect. The economies of the United States and Britain began to financialize. The origins of this financialization, or de-industrialization, go back to the 1960s. Anti-war demonstrators protest U.S. involvement in the Vietnam War in mass marches, rallies, and demonstrations. President Johnson, meanwhile, let it be known that the FBI is closely watching all anti-war activity. In the 1960s, U.S. economist Michael Hudson was working at Chase Manhattan Bank on Wall Street as Chase's balance of payments economist. During the 1960s, the United States uh, balance of payments deficit was entirely a result of foreign military expenditures. Dollars were flowing out of the United States as a result of the cost of the Vietnam War. The United States attempted to prevent the dollars flowing to Vietnam from being deposited in foreign banks. The government asked Chase to set up a branch in Saigon during the Vietnam War. And as you can imagine, it didn't have uh, windows. It was sort of a fortress. It lost money. But uh, the government uh, went to Chase because it said, if you don't get this uh, money that's being thrown off by uh, the military in uh, Vietnam, then it's going to go into French banks. It'll get to General de Gaulle, and you know what he's going to do every month. He's going to cash it in for gold. That's what the United States was trying to stop. The US was not successful in stopping the outflow of money, so it began to hatch a different plan. In 1967, Michael Hudson was handed a memo by a former State Department employee. In 1967, uh, I was given by a former State Department employee uh, in the elevator at Chase Manhattan a memo from the State Department urging that Chase Manhattan would uh, take the lead in helping the United States become the Switzerland of the world, meaning the flight capital. The State Department, uh, through Chase, asked me to estimate how much money do you think is available if America were to become the new Switzerland, and how do we do it? Uh, the plan was to organize offshore banking centers uh, in the Caribbean and elsewhere, and the hot money wouldn't come directly into Chase because that wouldn't be uh, nice and uh, very legal. What happened was that uh, the Latin American criminals, other criminals, drug dealers, uh, all sorts of organized crime would put their money in the offshore Caribbean banks and these offshore banks would then uh, deposit the inflow in the head office. By moving offshore dollars back into the United States, the US was able to stop the outflow of dollars and support the value of its currency. The last uh, few months I worked for Chase Manhattan in 1967, I was going up to my uh, office on the ninth floor and uh, a man got onto the elevator and said, ah, I was just coming to your office, Michael. Uh, here is a, a report uh, that uh, I'm from the State Department, CIA. Uh, we want to calculate uh, how much money we could get if we 
if we set up bank branches and uh, became the bank for all the criminal capital in the world? He said, look, we can, we figured out, we can finance, and he said this in an elevator, that we can finance uh, the Vietnam War with uh, all the drug money uh, coming into America, all of the criminal money, can you make a calculation? So I spent uh, three months figuring out how much money goes to Switzerland uh, from the drug dealings, what's the volume of drug dealings, they helped me with all sorts of statistics on that, and uh, uh, they said, we can become the criminal capital of the world and it'll finance the dollar and uh, uh, this, is, uh, this will be, uh, enable us to afford the spending to defeat communism in Vietnam uh, and uh, elsewhere and uh, if we don't do that the bomb throwers will come to New York. Uh, so I became a specialist in off uh, money laundering. Uh, nothing could have been better. I mean, uh, I had all the statistics, I had the help of all of the government uh, uh, people, you know, explaining to me how uh, the CIA worked with the drug dealing and the criminals and the kidnappers uh, to raise the money so uh, it would be off the balance sheet funding and Congress didn't have to approve it when they would kill people and uh, 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 do revolutions and they were completely open with me. And, you know, I, I realized they'd never done a security check on me. I wanted to do a study of the balance of payments of the whole United States. So I went to work for Arthur Anderson, which was at that time uh, later uh, one of the big five accounting firms in the United States. Later, uh, it was convicted, uh, it was, uh, got involved in the Enron scandal and uh, was classified as a criminal enterprise and closed down, but uh, I was working before the other people went to jail, uh, uh, or before they closed down Arthur Anderson. So I spent a year applying my uh, balance of payments analysis to uh, the uh, U.S. balance of payments and finally finished. Uh, and I found out that the entire U.S. balance of payments deficit in the 1960s, since the, Vietnam, since the Korean War, the entire balance of payments deficit was military, spending abroad. The private sector of trade and investment was exactly in balance. Tourism, trade, investment, exactly in balance. All of the deficit was military. And I, I found that very interesting. So I turned it in. Uh, my boss, uh, Mr. Barsanti, uh, came in to me uh, three days later and he said, I'm afraid uh, uh, we have to fire you. And I said, what happened? He said, well, we sent it to Robert McNamara, who was Secretary of the World of Defense and later became an even more dangerous person with the World Bank, which probably is more dangerous to the world than uh, the American military. Uh, it's, uh, that's another story. Uh, and he said, uh, McNamara said that uh, we at Arthur Anderson would never get another government contract if we publish a report. Uh, that uh, this is very, and in all of the Pentagon papers that uh, uh, later came out with McNamara, there's no discussion at all of the balance of payments cost of the, the Vietnam War. This is what uh, was driving America off gold. At Chase Manhattan from 1964 till I left, every Friday the Federal Reserve would come out with uh, its uh, gold, its, weekly statistics uh, and we could trace the gold stock. Everybody was talking about General de Gaulle cashing in the gold because in Vietnam it was a French colony and the American soldiers and uh, 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 army would have to use French banks, the dollars would go to France and de Gaulle would cash it in uh, for gold. Well the Germany actually was cashing in more gold than de Gaulle but they didn't make speeches about it. So 
uh, I could see that uh, the war spending was going to drive America off gold. There were three people, known as the Columbia Group, uh, in Chicago, saying the Vietnam War is going to destroy the American monetary system as we know it. And that was Terence McCarthy, my mentor, Seymour Melman, a professor at uh, Columbia University School of Industrial Engineering, where Terence also taught, and myself. Uh, and we would basically go around uh, the, uh, New York City and uh, giving speeches. My first article that I wrote for published was uh, a Ramparts magazine called The Sieve of Gold, all about how the Vietnam War was going to fo force America off gold, which it did, of course, in 1971 when President Nixon uh, in August stopped uh, the gold. Well, 